lifepodcasts.fm. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. People are reshaping the mindset of the masses. Africa State of Mind. On this episode of Africa State of Mind, we chat to Susan Eunice, Marketing Director, Global Marketing, Urban Music at Warner Music Group. She talks about taking risks, uprooting from Nigeria, and living in different parts of the world with Africa in her heart. She shared some wise words about working in the entertainment business. In the industry we work in, you can never, ever believe the hype, no matter how big you are, because... Trust me, on your rise up, you're always going to come down. Susan told us a bit about her first not-so-pleasant encounter with Kanye West. Kanye West, like, shouted at me backstage and made me cry once mm. as well. Um, he said, do I not fucking understand English? After I asked him something, and I was like, okay, clearly mm. you're not a nice person, but mm. I literally nearly cried and I thought it was the end of my career. Then, dealing with rejection that nearly brought her down. They felt that, yes, they just felt that I I just wasn't right for the job. And I just broke down. I was just like, oh my God, I got turned down for a job. (laughs) Susan Eunice is a Nigerian-Lebanese woman that grew up in the United Kingdom, amongst other places. Let's hear her describe herself and her upbringing. Okay, so um, this is how you know I love money, because Nigerian (laughs) and Lebanese people both like love money so much. That's how you know. Sorry. Anyway, I'm diverting a bit. So basically, I was born in Lagos. Um, my dad is was th- he's passed away now, but he was third generation Lebanese in Nigeria. He considered mm-hmm. himself Nigerian, could speak Yoruba probably better than most Nigerians. Yeah. Um, and then my mom um, is from River State. Um, and so I was born in Lagos, um, in Ikeja, actually. And then my dad decided to move us over when I was four. So yeah, I was lucky um, to obviously move over at that time. So I m- moved to the UK and... Uh, my brother was born in the UK. He's seven years younger than me. And then, yeah, I w- studied um, in, a, in, a, in a county called Surrey, yeah. which was great. I was like the only black kid there, but it was fine. <laughs> and yeah. then um, I decided to study American studies at university yeah. just because I wanted to get to America and I wanted to work at MTV. Yeah. Um, and then so I applied for a really rubbish degree called American studies. Um, I didn't really learn. Much. I didn't even know that that sort of degree existed. But <laughs> not to die, not to die. I was like, what's the fastest way to get to Los Angeles? And what's yeah. the fastest way to work at MTV? Yeah. And that happened to be the degree. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom was like, are you sure you want to do this? And my dad was like, I'm going to disown you if you do that. <laughs> like, what kind of stupid degree is that? Yeah. So um, I ended up studying in Los Angeles. Um, and it was actually the month of 9-11 when I went out. So I was wow. very lucky to be one of those students who got in before 9-11. Because yeah. after that, they really shut down a lot of the exchange students. So I went there for free. Mm-hmm. didn't pay a dime. Um, and I studied at UCLA, which was incredible for a year. I studied yeah. film and TV there with American African-American studies. And like studying at UCLA is like... Listen, so, okay, <laughs> I, this, is where, this is where I want to jump in because it's like, I just... Im- okay, I want to know like some of the like amazing experiences you had and just sure. the people that you met while you were studying sure, at UCLA. Sure. I mean, I'm still going to be your friend after this, <laughs> but... I don't yeah. know why I didn't stay there. Like me being an idiot, went back to England, but yeah. I was there for about 10 months and I was fortunate enough to get an internship at um, MTV at the time. It wasn't Viacom fully yet. So I used to intern um, at Santa Monica. So I used to get a bus from our, my campus there. But anyway, like I'd go to the gym and I'd see um, Kobe Bryant like chilling in the gym. And I'm like, what the hell? This is not normal, guys. <laughs> yeah. And all these Americans would be there like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like just like doing their sit-ups. Like it was the most normal thing in the world. And then they would give um, speeches and presentations. And obviously you expect, you know, a lecturer, like an yeah. American lecturer to give one. So I decided to go to a Shakespeare one because obviously I studied drama at school. Mm-hmm. I knew Shakespeare inside out. 
And then who's giving the bloody speech on Shakespeare? Al Pacino. Wow. And Halle Berry is in the class. Yeah. So I'm like, this is not You're normal, like, this guys. is my life. I can stay here. <laughs> no, no. But me being like an idiot, like I said, left and went back and finished my degree in the UK. Um, but it was a phenomenal year. And that's really what started my career in television because through that internship at MTV, um, I was lucky to kind of... Um, um, be work shadowing on the Osbournes, which was the first reality TV show like mm. of its kind in the world. Sure, so that kind of opened. So my you got up. a front row seat exactly. to just the 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 the, the genesis of reality exactly. TV in general. And sure. never in a million years would I have thought it would be what it is now. It's mm. like a powerhouse now genre. Mm. So um, I went back and finished my last year of university, and through my connections in LA, they they basically put me in contact with the London team, and I became an intern at MTV there, which was a dream come true. So now, just you being an intern at MTV, <laughs> like every time you you post like throwback. Pictures, there's like a picture with this person, that person. I'm just like, yeah. I sometimes feel that maybe, yeah. Okay. So, who are some of the people that you that you met while you were mm. there, and just learning about that? Because yeah. what I've noticed about your career, um, you know, because we'll get into just all of the Nigerian artists and just your your relationship and work with them. You've always been a hundred percent professional. There's no like, you know, like you're the most <laughs> chilled you. person. But when it comes to work, work is work, and you're yeah, really professional exactly. where that's concerned. Yeah. So, you know, what sort of what, what where did you get that? Was that from working at MTV TRL? What kind of like awkward experiences did you have with artists and stuff just as an intern i think you in in the industry we work in you can never ever believe the hype no matter how big you are because trust me on your rise up you're always going to come down so i think my mom has always told me from a young age be nice to everyone because Mm. this industry is all about connects you know like you're literally only as good as your reputation your network you can be the worst producer in the world but if people love you you will always get work you can be the sickest producer but if you have a bad attitude you will never get work so i've Mm. always believed that you know so Mm. i think that mindset has kind of helped me throughout my career Mm. but back to mtv as an intern so my first job was literally making tea and like getting biscuits and sandwiches for artists and and the crew like i was literally like a nobody like right at the bottom but i loved it Mm. because i was getting into you know the depths of it i was like meeting all the people and um i think oh yeah so i I used to stock up the um green room for the artists and my first job was an incredible job was an intern on a show called trl yeah which obviously was huge in the states so i worked on the uk version it was a live show out of leicester square which is basically the uk version of times square and we would have we had everyone from 50 cent mariah carey kanye west first interview uk mm. interview rihanna's first uk interview rihanna even asked for my email address because she heard i was going to barbados <laughs> but obviously she never even emailed me i'll stop saying i'm still waiting for that email rihanna just <laughs> saying just saying if you're out there you know <laughs> kanye west like shouted at me backstage and made me cry once yeah. as well um he said do i not fucking understand english after I asked him something and I was like, okay, clearly yeah. you're not a nice person, but yeah. I literally nearly cried and I thought it was the end of my career. Yeah. But then I came through that and I'm a better person because of it. Yeah. And who's Kanye West now? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You're like, who but, are um, you? Yeah. Yeah, like it, w- it was unbelievable. Like for, yeah. I mean, I think I, how old was I? 22 or something. Yeah. And to be... Like can, kind of can, can I? These artists was like a dream come true. So let me ask you because you said that um you know you you were your first job was an intern was like you were basically making tea and yes. stocking up green rooms when you yeah you were nobody <laughs> but it's like do you what do you think about uh, a lot of the people who are of at that particular age yes. now yes. you know like because I almost feel and it's maybe my perception that everybody wants to already be a star yeah. within the entertainment Got industry you. and Got nobody you. understands that it's yeah, work. work so what are your you know your thoughts around that you have to put in the work nothing mm. happens overnight. 
overnight you know like even when I have interns now like I can spot someone who literally just wants to be there for the fame or be a presenter or wants to sleep with artists and I'm like yo I don't have time for that like Mm. you have to put in the work and it's so not glamorous as well it's long hours really bad pay like I had to live at home for the first I think three years Mm. of my career just because I couldn't afford to move out you know I was lucky to be able to live at home um but you have to put in the work 100% because me as a person when I'm looking to hire people I need people who also have the same work ethic as me. Yeah. And also people who aren't starstruck as well. Like, yes, it, you know, I'm, I'm just making fun of the fact that I met these artists, but I wasn't starstruck by them. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. they're normal people. They just have a bigger profile. Yeah. So, and they also can read. If you're starstruck by them, they're not going to take you seriously either. Mm. So you have to really, really be pro- professional from the moment you enter the industry mm. to like when you rise to the top 100%. Yeah. So fast forward to all these amazing things that yes. have happened. Yeah. Rihanna asked for your email address. <laughs> Life is But fair. she never emailed me. But can she I just never say? emailed you. <laughs> She was like, I'll send you the hotspots in Barbados and then I'm still waiting like 10 years later. You're like, <laughs> I'm still waiting. So now let's, let's fast forward to um, then you deciding to move to Nigeria. Okay. Like what was the decision for okay. you to be like, okay, I'm going to leave the UK because, yeah, yeah yes, what happened? Yeah. Okay. Did you just wake up? Something <laughs> like... So I'm incredibly ambitious and I'm very impatient when it comes to my career. So I think I'd been working at MTV by that stage. Um, I worked my way up from an intern to a producer and I was working on a station called MTV Base, which is the urban So you worked with Trevor? Trevor Nelson. I worked on a show called The Lick, which was like my dream come true. I used to watch that at university. So to be producing and directing him, like he was an icon to me. And, you know, he's still a friend of mine. So Mm. even to to be working with him on that level was literally a dream come true. So Mm. I then did that. I did a couple of award shows. I did the Mobo Awards. I did most of the European MTV Music Awards. And and then I did a live show actually after that. with a duo called Ricky and Melvin, who okay. are actually quite famous. They're on Radio 1 now in the UK. Um, so, you know, um, so I just, it's almost like I hit a glass ceiling. Like I'd done everything I wanted to do in the urban world because I'm very passionate about black music. Mm. And I didn't really want to go into mainstream TV. And also I noticed at the time, mainstream TV was very, very white and private schoolboy. Mm. And it was hard for me to make that move. And if I was going to make that move, I just wasn't comfortable in that world. So I thought, you know what, let me maybe go back to my roots in Nigeria and see if I can get a new skill set over there maybe train some people up in the process as to how tv can work because tv wasn't great back then either in 2010 so luckily enough um viacom it was mtv africa at the time now it's viacom asked me to come back for a month to do um a game show for mtv okay it was called MTV Base IQ, and that's where I started meeting all of the Nigerian artists, your Banky W's, your WizKids, Debanj, all of those people. Mm. Um, and I was there for a month, and I just really never left. It was mm. weird. Like, I, just like- I, 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 I thought I'd be there for a month, and then I loved it so much. And then they offered me a permanent position. So I literally mm. went back to the UK because I had one more job on the European MTV Awards, finished that up, and then I packed all my things and moved to Nigeria. Sure. Like, literally within the space of two months, yeah. I moved to Nigeria. And I, and I cannot tell you how incredible that two-year experience was. Like, to mm. this day, I made lifelong friends, an experience that changed my life. And, I, and I'm proud to say that I helped shape a lot of the production mm. out of Nigeria now because mm. we built huge teams for multi-choice, huge teams for Viacom that are still in place. Um, yeah, because you were, I mean, just because I'm going to give you the shout outs for it. I mean, there was the big Friday show, which was yes. huge with Basket Mouth. Yes. And I think that you wanted, the game. Yeah, you yeah. actually yeah. C- kind of conceptualized that yes. show because you're not only it, yeah. a director and producer, but yes. you come up with the yes. sickest ideas thank in general. You, I mean, It was you, actually done before I came. I took over. But you, yeah, you made people, it hot. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank I'm you. Thank you. Because before nobody <laughs> was, nobody was sending for it. Um, and then, um, you also worked on like, I mean, because you worked on like productions that I know that you're not like particularly your heart. 
lot. So you worked a lot with the um, Nollywood industry, but more yes. so with um, Jara, Jara and all of that. So yes. you got the whole like African magic. proper Niger here. Yes. Like, and I don't, I'm not even a fan of Nollywood. So <laughs> yeah. for me, that was like, what am I doing? What am I You're doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So you've done quite a lot of that, um, you know, where that is concerned. And then we worked, we had a brief stint together at Channel O. Oh, yes, of and course. And then, of then course. you left. My favorite part, of course, Leslie. Imagine. Leslie used to be the head of Channel O Africa, in case you guys don't know. And we worked. <laughs> and then you left. <laughs> left. And then you left. I left because MTV told me to come back. That's why I left. <laughs> so now you've done all of this stuff in terms of music um, and, you know, internationally and um, production wise. And then also in terms in the, within Nigeria and the continent, because there was the BT experience and all of this. Yes. So you were quite involved quite a lot, yes, you know, yes. and then you moved to um, South Africa, South Africa and yes. you worked with Viacom. So yes. the same thing. So your experience is like Pan-African pretty much. Yes. Now, from there, yes. there was like a critical point where, again, in your own <laughs> words, you were ambitious. You felt like yes, you had hit the ceiling. Exactly. And then you wanted to go from production into marketing. marketing. Yes. And there was a fantastic conversation that you had. You don't have to name names. <laughs> Lee, of, you're such a troublemaker. No, because, because people need to know that when somebody says no, it's yes, not a no. Yeah, so yeah. talk to us about what this happened? whole this conversation. Okay. Yeah. So this was around um, 2000 and around 2015, 2016. So again, I had a phenomenal career with Viacom. I worked on all their brands, BET, Comedy Central, MTV, MTV Base, you know, worked in the Nigeria leg. Obviously I was based in South Africa by this point. And again, I just found myself getting bored. So I wanted a new challenge and I noticed that I was being drawn into marketing, but not fully. It was literally one foot in, one foot out because I kept still was being made to do production. And so, you know, I just decided that I wanted to pursue marketing full time. Mm. And um, I had a conversation with some people and they categorically told me that I wasn't ready for marketing, um, that maybe I should, um, you know, just basically take a couple of steps down and tra- retrain to do marketing um, and that I should stay in production because that was my forte. Mm. Meanwhile, having that conversation, I'd already secured a job at NBC Universal as a marketing manager. So I knew that that no meant nothing to me. And if anything, that no made me prove to myself and prove to those people that said I couldn't do it, that I'm going to be the best marketer I could possibly be. Mm. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this is the challenge I'm going to set myself over the next couple of years. You know, even if it kills me, I'm going to be the sickest marketer and you're going to hear about it. Mm. So I took that conversation with literally a pinch of salt and it just gave me drive. So I moved from Viacom and I was so lucky and blessed. It was actually a maternity cover um, position I moved into and it was for NBC Universal. And I worked on my dream brand, E Entertainment, Mm. which like... I cannot tell you how incredible the team is behind that. It's literally a powerhouse. Mm. You know, I based, was based in London for a few months just for training. And then I moved back to South Africa. And oh my God, to this day, like, I'm so glad I took that job because I learned so much in regards to marketing, so much in regards to the machine that is behind E! Entertainment. You know, I worked on Universal Studio and Telemundo as well, which obviously mm. is a powerhouse is, on the yes. continent as well. Mm. So I, again, I'm glad I took that jump. And it, I literally went from a permanent job to a temporary job. And I was thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do afterwards? What am I going to do afterwards? But the... It, that risk completely paid off and I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. You seem to take a lot of risks in your career, you, have to. you know, you have to. in general, even with a new move that you've made, mm. it's quite a fantastic risk, but we'll get yes, to that. Yes. So how do you, but you take a lot of risks, but being able to be front and center as to all these decisions <laughs> that you've made in the last kind of like seven years or yes. so, how do you calculate a risk you know what I mean? Because your risks have been like huge, but yeah. you've always landed on your feet yeah. and higher than before. Yeah. So what sort of advice would you give when it comes to calculating the risk in the creative um, industry? Do you know, I don't even think about them. Like, I feel like I pray a lot and mm. I speak to my close 
friends. When I say close friends, literally mm. like my circles, like three mm. people and my mom. Mm. And it, I just, it's, I just go on a gut feeling. Cause mm. my thing is that if you don't try, mm. you'll never know. And if I fail, it's okay. Mm. I feel I've been turned down for so many jobs. I even need to tell you about the job I got turned down for before this new job that like literally broke me. Oh, the, uh, yes, Do you remember? Yes. So we're not going to name the company cause I don't want to <laughs> give them any promo, but I'm just saying, um, so I just feel like you, if you, if you fail, it's okay. Like yeah. at least you try, yeah. you know? So I don't even think about the risk. Like I, it's not even something that comes yeah. into my head. I'm literally thinking, do I want to do this? Is this tick the boxes? Is it on my bucket list? Yes. Then I do it. So now you, so all the companies that you've worked for, including multi-choice and yes. everything are basically like global companies, yes. you know, at the end of the yes. day. And now, you know, you mentioned this other company. Yes. It was actually a global company. We yes. won't mention the name. Yes, yes. Um, I was so heartbrokenly. Yeah. So how do you, so. <laughs> Someone turned me down for a job and they came to me. They That's like, what upset me. I got, I was like five stages in and it was, I, I, I wish I could tell you the company. It was the dream job. The dream job. Like Leslie, remember I was calling you and mm. I was telling Leslie this. And then they said, you know what, Susan? You just weren't good in the interview or something. What did they say? No, no. They felt that, yes, they just felt that I, I just wasn't right for the job. And I just broke down. I was just like, oh my God, I got turned down for a job. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. But then looking back in hindsight now, I realized that God literally made me go down that path so that I would learn from that interview and those series of interviews. And mm-hmm. what I learned from there, I applied to this mm-hmm. now interview, yeah. which we're now for the job that I now have. Yeah. And I obviously got that job. So yeah. everything happens for a reason. I was rejected in that role for this job, which is even bigger and better. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, now, so now I'm just with regards to rejection within the industry, mm. especially for women. Like I, oh I kind of like, it's, it's hard. hard. It's Absolutely. like tough out there. And um, so for you, like what sort of advice would you give where that's concerned with being able to manage rejection? Cause sure. I always feel in, if you're like working the entertainment creative kind of industry, yeah. it's everything is personal. It's not like, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Absolutely. So how do you, how do you Ooh. navigate that? Rejection is tough. Mm. It's really tough. It's something that you just have to get a thick skin for but being a woman in this industry is even tougher because I hate to say it like a lot of men use women in this Mm. industry to further their careers and Mm. that's completely not right and Mm. that's something again I'm proud to have stuck to my guns like I've never slept with anyone I've never taken so you mean like artists sleep with powerful women too and and no no vice versa I was saying men normally normally demand something from a woman to to hire them etc and it's not just in media I mean it's a global Mm. problem you know so my thing is is that like I say your reputation is so important and the moment you start messing around with guys in the industry like no one's going to take you seriously because people talk at the end of the day so always try and keep your you know your your um what's the word i'm looking for dignity Dignity, thank you and your reputation intact because no one can come to me and say susan slept with xyz to get that job no one can ever say that to me and i'm proud to say that you know i was about to say something else where you said always keep your but then i remember it's like okay (laughs) i just see the producers even look at me he's like this is another side of me (laughs) he's probably going to be like you always have to be here <laughs> no. rejection is tough, Leslie. It's yeah. something you just have to get a thick skin for. I mean, you get rejected in all, in all parts of your life, yeah. but in the professional world, it's even harder. Yeah. Because it's almost public. Yeah. So, um, before we get into your new job, um, yes. and just, you know, and all of that. So there's been like an entire, it feels like as if the entire world is looking towards Africa as a whole, yes. you know, in general. So whether it's from fashion to whatever the case may be, and it looks like, um, African music and culture is what's being exported globally, yes. you know, more than anything. Um, so there's always this conversation around cultural appropriation versus misappropriation and that. What are your thoughts around that? And which artists within Africa do you feel are really taking the bull by their horns and are in control of their career versus the world being in control of got it? Got you, got you. That's a great question. 
Um, so yes, I'm extremely passionate about the music that comes out of this concert. I'm actually going to miss it when I go back to the UK. Um, I'm not going to miss it because I'll still be listening to it, but I'm going to miss like being in the heart of it, you know? Mm. But I'm really, really, really proud and I cannot wait to see what comes, what more comes out of Casper's camp. I think mm. what he has achieved um, by himself and on an independent label is unbelievable. Like mm. a global citizen, he shut that down. Mm. And I'm just hoping that somewhere, somehow, the world will know who Casper is. Mm. I think he is incredible mm. from a South African point of view. Mm. When it comes to Western Africa, I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I'm Niger, so you like have a Niger. Yeah. Please just keep in your Niger accent there, please, so people can not get confused. <laughs> My accent's so bad. I'm not even going to try. Lee. I'm not even going to try. But um, David O, I'm a huge fan yeah. of just his whole camp. Like that mm. man. I mean, that. I mean. He is and it's hard work. David has worked Absolutely. hard. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, vo- vocally, he's not the most gifted, but mm-hmm. he, no one can fault his work ethic and yeah. the hits he churns out. Like, yeah. he doesn't even need the money, but yeah. he literally is probably one of the hardest hustlers I know that comes out of Nigeria also. Yeah. I also think Burner Boy is one to definitely watch out for on a global um, landscape. He's obviously signed to Warner. Yeah. <coughs> plug. Um, oh. So, obviously, I'm very excited about what, yeah. you know, what will happen to him over the next year or so. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah. Let's see. So, now you've basically <laughs> let the cat out the bag. So, you, you've just recently got the dopest, like, seriously, if you weren't my friend, I would be jealous, honestly speaking. Like, if you weren't. But I think that, you know, I think it's good that we went through your entire journey so that people understand why you're the perfect person to be yeah. In the position that you're sitting in now So talk to us about this new post And how it came about Okay, okay Um, So um, I'm very excited um, Because I'm returning back to my musical roots So Mm. after NBC I worked at Multichoice for about a year I was a marketing consultant for them Um, So I worked on um, their brand called GoTV Which was phenomenal Like an incredibly talented bunch of people Mm. But I was really missing music Mm. I mean obviously I still listen to music And even my son is like jumping up and down to Afrobeats Your son is quiet Yeah, (laughs) But um, (laughs) I was really really missing Working in music like I was at MTV And so literally I just had a chance meeting with an old friend Of mine, his name is Twin B He's Mm. actually head of A&R for Warner in the UK He signs an artist called Stormzy Mm -hmm. Who Stormzy is Sick. He's so sick. Sick. Can I say my British accent? Yeah. Stormzy is just amazing. Yeah. Do you even know who Stormzy is, Leslie? Yes, I do. He was on stage with Casper. Okay, just checking. Uh, Just checking. Just checking. Do you know who Stormzy is? Sounds of the surf. Going away for a bit when I'm back. Nobody see my name on the track. When I get nervous, when I stop murking, scam nine five when I'm under attack. Should have thought twice for you open your trap. Coming to a nuclear war, this trap. You can tell me to sharp. We both say sharp. When I say sharp, I get a plaque. You do? Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> so my friend Twimby um, signed him. Yeah. Um, and I just happened to be at a party. Funny enough, with DJ Spinnell, who was obviously our friend as well. Mm-hmm. He, we were in London for a wedding. And um, one of the first words he said to me was, Suze, you need to move back to London. And I was like, huh? What? He was like, I've got the perfect gig for you. Are you interested or not? And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then we just started gossiping. And then behind my back, he just started talking to the powers that be. And then literally fast forward, not that long at all. Um, I had meetings and then, yeah. So now I've been, I am the new... I don't know how to say it, but I'm the new marketing director for Urban Global for Warner Music, which, which is, is fantastic. It's a new post and I'm very, very excited yeah. to be kind of working in urban music, yeah. but not even urban, just from Africa, but like globally. So mainland yeah. Europe and America as well. So which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Sure. I don't know what to say. I don't know what it would entail. I mean, <laughs> maybe I'll get sacked after the first week. Who knows? Yeah. But you know what? I'm super, super excited about mm. joining the, the team. They seem like a, an incredibly talented bunch of people. And I'm going to make it my aim to take African music globally 100% in this role. So and I see. fully believe you're going to do it. Because if there's one thing that I know about <laughs> you is that 
in general, if Susan says she's going to do something <laughs> or do something for somebody, she does it. So I feel that in terms of that, what I love about this is that I personally have been nervous about what's been going on with African music mm. globally because I feel on one hand it's been great that people are recognizing it. But on the other hand, unfortunately, in general, I'll bait a few artists like what you've mentioned with Casper and everything. Most people are not smart with their business yes, yes. and they're not in control Absolutely. of their own store. You know what I mean? And they lose who they yeah. are. But having somebody like you... At the front line of that It's like definitely Like this next leg Is going to be fantastic right. So I didn't know Burner was signed to Warner And yes. I love Burner And so Spinal too Spinal X yes. Yeah so it's it's going to be Really awesome to see How it is Because I feel that Also African music Needs to be put on par Yes You know what I mean Got Versus you. it being like Oh it's just like This kind Got of you. thing You know Let me just clarify They're both signed to Atlantic Which is under Warner Just saying Okay <laughs> You're just like And <laughs> who Warner's else is the current company Isn't Cardi B part of it like <laughs> And OVO, please. Okay, so you know. You've done your research, girl. Listen, I'm just like... I'm just like You're very lucky That you're my friend Because otherwise This, in, this interview will be over I'll be like Thank you very much da, da, da. <laughs> It's been fantastic Now um, I wanted to um, To get a few nuggets From you okay. Right um, With regards to If you could Yeah To get a few nuggets From you With regards to Things such as like Moving from company to company in general mm-hmm. I ask that because you know like I think way back then the whole thing was like Stay at a company for a long yes. time you know yes. what I mean So what sort of advice would you give to um, To somebody who's starting their career When it comes to being able to move about Because I think the part of your power was that You do something you hit You you, hit you do well yes. you know And you don't stay comfortable as soon as you, you're Willing to start again yeah, yeah. so let's talk about yeah. Just that kind of advice I think it's really dangerous to stay in a company For a long period of time mm-hmm. Um I'm sure there are many success stories where people have worked their way up to the top, but the people that I know have done that may have done that, but maybe they're not getting the money they deserve because obviously once you're internal, you don't, you can't negotiate a higher Mm. salary as if you're coming in from outside. Mm. So, I mean, if money is not a problem for you, then it's fine. But obviously a lot of people want money. (laughs) They're all about their (laughs) ka-ching. So um, I think it's really healthy to just keep jumping around, obviously not jumping around every couple of months unless you're a freelancer. Mm. But I think it just to keep your CV fresh. Again, when I'm looking to hire people, I don't want someone that's been stuck in a company for 10 years Mm. because for me, they're stuck in their ways. Mm. I would rather have someone that has experienced different cultures and learn different skill sets along their journey mm. um so that i mean everyone's different but that's personally how i feel mm. and i feel yeah i've just been lucky that once like i said i've hit that glass roof or i've been bored mm. i've just made that jump or something has come up and i've been able to mm. make that jump i've been very fortunate that's happened and for you on either personally or professionally what's been the biggest like kind of like because everybody that we've spoken to on the podcast has had this one moment where they were just like look life is just not what it is yeah you know what i mean what's been the biggest hurdle that you've overcome oh um while you were doing your work you know because i think that um i mean i asked that question because sometimes people look at people like you or like banky or like you know i'm um What's it? Lorato, Lorato, you know, good love for you. Lorato and Bailey Roberts, and then they just see this Glamour. fantastic career. And it's not the case at all. And it's like people are, it's like sure. they're dealing with everyday issues. Yeah. And I never want people to think that if this happens in your life, sure, that you can't sure, get past sure. it, you know? So for you, what's the biggest one that you. I think it's the amount of time that the career takes from mm. you. Um, because yes, it's super glamorous on the outside. Yes, you get to go to parties and you get to mingle with supposedly cool people. Mm. 
but I don't really believe the hype, so I don't want to say cool people. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just really long hours. Yeah. And it's and it's actually not that glamorous when you think about the amount of work, especially if you're in production. You need, like, you need to be the first one on set, the last one to leave. You're normally the worst paid as well out of everyone. Mm. It's not as glamorous as it seems. Mm. So only get into this industry if you have a genuine passion for it. Mm. You know, it, it makes your personal life also very difficult mm. too because you're always away with work. You're traveling mm. or, like I say, you're on set or you're in an edit marketing is slightly different because the hours aren't as long but it's incredibly draining as well it's just a lot of work you mm. know like it's not the kind of industry like texting, you go yeah. exactly it's not the kind of job you go in and you, it's like nine to five job mm. no way mm. do not get into the media if you want a nine to five job that is not the one mm. for you like every day is different some weekends you're traveling you're working and you're always on call mm. you know and i'm like always doing different things like i always have different hustles so i'm always like on the phone looking for the next opportunity mm. so sometimes i just think am i neglecting my son oh my mm. god so i'm always mm. trying to make a conscious decision or effort to spend quality time with my son away from the laptop yeah. away from the phone you know yeah and for you the the biggest life lessons that you've learned from uh, that you learned from your dad and that you learned from your mom that you take with you everywhere you go oh god be nice to everyone yeah even people who are idiots to you and assholes to you excuse my language like <laughs> you have to be nice to everyone because yeah. like i say in this industry you're only as strong as your reputation mm. and I like to think I'm an okay marketer, but yeah. I think I've got to where I am because of my personality and yeah. how people perceive me mm. rather than my skill set, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's... And also when I'm looking, like, I got this job because people asked about me and yeah. they asked maybe artists about what I'd done for them on the continent. Like, little nuggets there. I hooked up Wizkid with his UK manager. Can I just <coughs> say that? Can I just say that? Just it say happened that. in a club <laughs> when we were whiling out in 2011 or something. <laughs> you look at the and club. I'm so, impr- I'm so proud. They're not together Listen, anymore, by the way. I'm just yeah, saying... Yeah. But I brought but you were there. Do and do me together. Can I tell you that I don't know anybody <laughs> who likes champagne more than Susan, by the way. So don't even yeah, mind. Even when she, even when she walked in, she's like, can we have some I champagne did. to that? Where's my champagne? <laughs> Where's my champagne? Yeah. But um, so basically because of the connections and relationships I brought together, I think that's why I've done okay, you know. Yeah. But if I wasn't a nice person, I don't think I would have <laughs> got to this stage. So just be nice to everyone. Even like when you are, I mean, I haven't made it. I'm not a CEO. I don't own my own company. But when I'm at that stage, hopefully that's the plan. Mm. I hope people will still look at me and say she was a genuinely nice person Mm. who helped people on her way up because Mm. that's also been a big thing for me. Like in Nigeria, I really, really kind of helped people who knew nothing about production and camera work and editing. And now they're like the hottest DOPs. You've worked with some hottest editors, hottest producers now out of probably the whole continent, you Mm. know. So I'm so proud to have been able to play a step in their their role. And just for you, uh, your definition of how you would define success. Um, success is success is making a product and watching people enjoy it, watching and people consuming it. So whether it be a TV show like you know I was the EP of the Big Friday show, that was like the number one um, show on yeah. um, Silverbird at the time when it was airing. That's success to me. Mm. Success is playing a part in an artist's career. So you know seeing the evolution of them from like really bad videos to now world quality exceptional production like that is success to me and also seeing people enjoy that as well mm. i think that's what yeah success is to me and then just in closing <laughs> uh when you think of the phrase africa state of mind how would you define that mm. africa state of mind is that's a great question lee thank you african state <laughs> you know what there's no continent like africa i'm actually sad to believe in, to be leaving this continent it's yeah. Not permanently, just saying, like, I'm only going for a bit. So I feel like I will always be drawn back here. So for me, I'm like, 
don't let the accent fool you. I'm like African through and through. My mentality, my hustle, my creativity, um, my zest for life. I feel like that is all African. And that's something that Europeans and Americans, yeah, they're cool, but they do not have our swag. Mm. They don't have our creativity. They don't have our hunger. They don't have our passion. So African state of mind is something that I like to think I tick the boxes for. And yeah. I will never ever leave this continent forever. Never. And it's also amazing because I've already I've already been like I've given full disclosure about the fact that Susan and I like I know her very well. <laughs> very well. Too well. Too well. <laughs> she literally it's like there's this running joke I just have to share with everybody like about how whenever I like if I go to her house the amount of times I've gotten there and she's just like yeah, I've cooked Eba a goosey dinner. Jollof rice. Jollof rice. But no, you don't eat any of that stuff. So just help yourself. Why <laughs> she's, like, she's literally like, Susan why? can't understand why I don't have like why? a full on Niger palate. Why? I like, I eat jollof rice, but you know. But you it's don't like, like it with pepper. No, it's like, it's fine. It's, the pepper's fine. It's just a goosey, the okra. It's like, is it a goosey, okra? Yes, ogbono. Og- <laughs> see? Yeah, see? I mean, there was the one time, I'm going to end off with this, the one time, like, so I cannot stand tripe. I cannot tripe stand is so it. sexy. Listen, I cannot stand tripe. Literally. So Susan says to me the one day, she goes, oh, she wanted to go to the, the checkers or whatever to get tripe. No, to get something. And I wasn't paying attention because I was on my phone. I said, yeah, 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 you know, wherever Susie wants to go, I'm like, it's cool because that's how we roll. We get to the store and I'm still not fully focused on what's going on. This woman is asking people to find tripe for her. But then, and I said, you got me out of your ha- my house. To get tripe. To get tripe. I said, me. Tripe. It's like, is this the part where I realized that you don't like, she goes, well, it's bleach tripe. I said, tripe is tripe. I was so like, that was a day that I was like, I had to rethink this relationship. This I'm like, right? seriously, I'm just like this girl. Lizzie, I'm going to com- convert you to no, be no. a tripe eater. I don't know how it works, no. but I'll trick you somehow. No. Even if I blend it with your fruits that you have, I don't know. I'll work out a way to do it. <laughs> We're going to end the conversation there Because then it's going to go into a bar I'm such a bad host in my house But Susan, it's been fantastic talking to you Thank you so much I, I love your I love your story Um, You know, and like I said I've been privileged to be able to just see you And watch you blossom and grow And all of this stuff And, and I feel that in the era where like women are being frontlined and such, you're at the front line not because of your woman, but because you're dope and yeah, you're really oh, good at what you, you do. Thank and you. I do hope that this interview inspires everybody to just kind of rethink their career mm. and you know, and not be afraid to try. Because you literally are that person who keeps on thank trying. You. Thank and you. I love that about thank you. you. And you, you that rubs off on everybody who's around oh, you. Because we all think are like, mm, well, maybe I can try this. No, maybe I can, can try that. Don't let anyone ever tell you you can't. Like mm. you cannot ever let anyone. Like quash your dreams Like never ever let anyone do that Especially a man Especially a man Seriously Because this world is sadly A patriarchal world So you must never ever let any Of your male bosses tell you You cannot do anything Please And also feel free to reach out to me On Instagram and send me messages Because I'd love to always give advice And help where I can Even if it's work experience Internships Whatever I'm always here to help You might want to give your Instagram Like seriously Oh Miss you M-S-Y-O-U baby No no not baby Sorry (laughs) M-S-Y-O-U Miss you Just hit me up DM me (laughs) Cool And that's how we come to the end Of this episode of Africa's State of Mind It's been nice Don't forget to follow us on twitter um at africa state mind also um on itunes africa state of mind with lee um you can rate review and tell us who else you'd like us to have on the show but it's been fantastic it's a wrap africa state of mind with lee kasumba get it on itunes now